has this amazing way of when we look at the Lord in the midst of the not optional sufferings of life, where then all of a sudden we begin to realize that now hope is welling up. And I'll be honest, having gone through that and seeing what God has done with hindsight, that's 2020. I can look on the present sufferings or future sufferings. And I'm like, listen, I know that my God does amazing things. I know that although life is messy, Jesus shows himself real. In today's message, Pastor Daniel is drawing on a personal experience of suffering, as well as different scriptures to present a picture of how God uses suffering in our lives to move us into a more holy walk with Him. When we keep our eyes on Jesus through our suffering, we become more like Him. We all go through hard things and impossible situations, but when we walk with Jesus through them, we will see His hand in it all. Now here's Pastor Daniel in Romans chapter 8 as he continues his message, Don't Waste the Hard Things. What we learn right away, and we really get this from verse 18, for I consider that the suffering of this present time is not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed to us. It's a simple truth that suffering is not optional. Suffering is not optional. Now, I hate having to say that, but my job as a pastor is to be able to share with you what the scriptures teach. And the apostle says, I consider that the present time suffering, the, the suffering that happens in each one of our lives, right? We learn here that suffering is not, he's saying that suffering that we experience, it's not worthy to be compared with the glory that's going to be revealed in us. So he's saying, listen, we have suffering on this side of eternity, but there's a glory that's going to be revealed in us. And the reason I say that suffering is not optional is because as the Apostle Paul unpacks what's going on, this present day suffering, he reminds us that all of creation was subjected to futility, not willingly. And really what we learn is that when Adam and Eve ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, all the way back in Genesis chapter 3 in the Garden of Eden, not only did humanity fall, but all of creation fell with him. And, and that's an important thing to realize because we live in a fallen and broken world. If you don't believe me, just watch the Nature Channel. Or actually, you know, it's funny, uh, with all that's been going on, my family, we decided we were going to sububscribe. We had held off on subscribing to Disney+. Plus. And, and it's beautiful because on Disney+, Plus, there's these story about elephants. There's a story. We watch one about dolphins. We watch one about uh, chimpanzees. We watch all these different documentaries or stories about animals. And in each one of them, there is a scary story scene where a predator is going could potentially kill the prey and I'm reminded that God in creating everything this was not the way that it was but but because of the fall death happens things are broken and if you think about when Adam and Eve ate the tree of the knowledge of good and evil first I said they hid themselves from God and they felt shame so there was a breaking of their relationship with themselves then their relationship with God they were hiding from God then they begin blaming one another so all the conflict and ultimately God's way to be able to heal at that moment or to cover in that moment they made fig leaves outfits for themselves you know it's amazing that you know no one's tried to roll out the fig leaf fashion yet but then of course the lord was like no no not fig leaves and he had killed some animals to be able to make coverings for them why it shows the brokenness of creation and here's the deal 
Whether we like it or not, suffering's not optional this side of eternity. And for those of us who are followers of Jesus, I think sometimes we get lulled into this belief that if I believe in Jesus, everything is going to go perfectly. Everything, I'm never going to get sick. There's never going to be any problems. If I believe in the Lord and I follow the Lord, that there will be no suffering. But the Bible never says that. The Bible says that the suffering of this present time is not worthy to be compared to what we're looking forward to. As God brings a resolution to all these things. Something that we're waiting for in the future. The Apostle Paul also said it to the church in Corinth this way. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verses 16 to 18. It says, therefore, we do not lose heart. Now I want to stop right there. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Don't lose heart, my friends. Even though our outward man is perishing, the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory while we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. You see what he's saying? He's saying we don't lose heart because we have these temporary afflictions. They're happening now. The outward person, our outward bodies, this creation, it's, it's slowly passing away. But because of the work of the Spirit of God, because of our faith in Jesus, our inward person is being renewed day by day. And we realize that all the suffering that is not optional on this side of eternity, that suffering, it's working in us for a far greater weight of glory in each one of us. Why? Because we're not only looking at the things that are seen, we're looking at the things that are not seen. We're not only looking at what's in front of us now, but we have an unstoppable hope in ourselves because of the finished work of Jesus, because of the presence of the Holy Spirit, that we look at the not optional presence of suffering in our lives, whatever that looks like for each one of us, right? And we're realizing that God has a plan and we're looking forward to what God is going to do. So we have to realize that Jesus never told us that suffering wasn't going to be part of our lives. We live in a fallen world. So how are you suffering right now? What's going on right now? Maybe it's just issues with your family. Maybe the health, your health problems are, are, are just are, are huge. Or someone you love, you have a broken heart because of the bad decisions of someone you love. Or, or maybe so you lost your job in the midst of all that's going on right now. Or maybe you've been out of work for a while and you were going to get a job and it, and it just fell through. Or, or, or whatever it is. Listen, we all realize that suffering is the context in our own lives through which God wants to birth hope. All of us suffer. All of us have issues. You know what's amazing is Listen to what the Apostle Paul said in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 12. You try to do everything right. Listen to what the Apostle Paul says. Yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. Now think about that. He's saying, listen, if you desire to honor the Lord, right? You just do everything right by the Lord with what he wants to do. You make every right decision. And then Paul says, yeah, but if you desire to live life godly in Christ Jesus... You're going to suffer. Wow. Suffer at the hands of other people. So suffering, it's not optional. It's just part of life on this side of eternity in which God is moving. Now, as we continue in Romans chapter 8, verse 24, listen to what it says. It says, for we were saved 
in this hope. But hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one still hope for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. My friends, right here, we have hope to find. Right here. First, we learn that, of course, that hope, that we've been saved in this hope, right? So there's a hope that we have that we've been saved into, and but a hope that is seen is not hope. For why would one still hope for what he sees? Now, here's the deal. We talk about this unstoppable hope. Unstoppable hope is what's being born with the things that you can't see. See, as followers of Jesus, we realize that there are things that we can see. When we can see it, we don't need to hope in it. We see what it is. But true hope is us paying forward the trust that we have in the Lord into the situations we find ourselves in. Hope is us paying forward the trust that we have in the Lord in situations that we don't know how it's going to work out. See, and so we realize that we hope in things that we do not see. And then it says, and if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. I love that. Hope to find. It's eager. It's patient. And it's persevering. Right? When you have an unstoppable hope, when you have your faith and trust in Jesus, no matter what the suffering you're going through, there's an eagerness knowing that your God is a good God and that God can do anything, right? There is a patience. You realize that at some point this thing is going to break. I'm in the middle chapters. I'm in the beginning of this journey of suffering. But at some point, this thing is going to, is going to open up in some way. And then we, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance, where we have a no-quit attitude because we know that our God is in control and that our God is working. And one of the great testimonies of the people of God in the midst of suffering is when we walk in that unstoppable hope. Listen, right now, if you have a situation you don't know how it's going to work out, then now it's time to start walking in hope. Putting your eyes on the Lord, not on the situation. You look at the situation, you, you'll go crazy. You, you, you'll get all worked up about all these different things, but you get your eyes on the Lord. Listen, I admit, it's not always the easiest thing. But listen, in times of suffering, in times of struggle, in messy situations, I'm always learning. I can't just listen to myself. I got to preach to myself. I can't just allow my brain to do all the stuff that it wants to do. I don't know how your brain works. My thing gets a, it gets a little, it's a little broken up there sometimes. Where I start thinking about all these different things and before I know it, I'm spiraling down. But then in the midst of that, if I can remember what the scriptures teach, that when you can't see how suffering is going to end, we choose hope because Jesus is real, right? When you don't know what's going to happen next, we choose hope. We know that we don't have to hope for what we can see, but we hope for what's not seen. And then once we're walking in that hope, knowing that we've been saved in that hope, now all of a sudden, we can be eager for what God's going to do. And we can be patient in what's going on. And we have this persevering reality. Listen to what Paul said in Romans chapter 5, verses 3 to 5. Also talking about how God uses these sufferings to birth hope. He says, not only that, but we glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance. And perseverance character and character hope. Now, hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. 
I love that. See, we glory. It's, it's talking about us. We are praising God in the midst of suffering because we know that these tribulations, they produce ultimately hope. It's a tribulation. It teaches us how to persevere. We were talking about that, right? And as we persevere for long enough that God is transforming our character to make us more and more like Jesus as we move through this world. And then ultimately that character leads to hope. And that hope doesn't disappoint us. Why? Because we were saved in that hope. We have a hope because God's love has been poured out on our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Now, remember I told you earlier about my, my mother's cancer diagnosis. Ultimately, my mother lost her battle to cancer after a number of years. And, you know, as I look back on it, it was one of the hardest things that I've ever gone through as a person. My family has ever gone through. But in a lot of ways, my mom's passing caused me to ask questions about eternity in ways that I had never asked before as a, you know, a, a late teenager. You know, I was like 19 years old or 20 years old when this all happened. And I, and, I, and I was grappling with questions that I had never asked before. Listen, I wish I didn't have to go through all that. I wish my mom didn't have to go through that. I wish she was here right now. I wish she could have met my bride, Lynn, and our kids and, and my sister's spouses and their kids and seen all that God has done in our lives. But God has this amazing way of when we look at the Lord in the midst of the not optional sufferings of life, where then all of a sudden we begin to realize that now hope is welling up. And I'll be honest, having gone through that and seeing what God has done with hindsight, that's 2020. I can look on the present sufferings or future sufferings. And I'm like, listen, I know that my God does amazing things. I know that although life is messy, Jesus shows himself real. And it's my hope that today, whatever you're going through, whatever street level looks like for you, whatever that suffering is for you right now, that you would start to look to Jesus and, and start to walk in that unstoppable hope that you would say, I know my God is going to do a work. I don't know how he's going to move, but whatever he does, I know he's going to work this stuff out in my life. And that's what walking by faith is all about, my friends. Listen, and even right now, I'm sure there's some of you like, I, I can't imagine how God's going to do it. Listen, with People, things are impossible, but with God, all things are possible. I love reminding people that we believe because of the finished work of Jesus and the God of the all things are possible. I know what all things being possible means. It means all things. It means God working out the most horrific situations and being able to bring beauty through it. Now, I know some of you are saying, listen, that's fine. Okay, so, so great. You believe that. But I have no clue how God can bring something beautiful out of what I've gone through. Well, well, guess what? God has a couple things lined up for us in the midst of suffering that we want to make sure that we understand so that you can see how God brings beauty out of challenging things. Look at what it says. Romans chapter 8, verse 26 says this. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Holy Spirit makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now, he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. See, what we learn here is that in the midst of suffering, we have the help that we need. See, if you're in Christ, you already have the help that you need because it's talking about suffering's not optional. We live in a fallen world. Then, of course, we, we learn that we have hope to find. 
where we eagerly wait for it with perseverance because we were saved in hope and it's things that we don't yet see. And then it, we're told that the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses, that God has given us the Spirit of God, the Helper, to help us in our weakness because we don't know how we ought to pray. Some of you are like that. Like, I don't even know how to pray right now. How could God work this out? Listen, God has given the Spirit to help us in our weakness. The Spirit groans on our behalf, makes intercession for us. And he also searches the hearts and he knows what God is up to, what God is doing. See, what I love about the reality of what it means to be in Christ, to believe in Jesus, is that we already have the help that we need. God has already given us the Spirit. If you're here right now and you've already put your faith and trust in Jesus, then the Holy Spirit has taken up residence in your life. You are already indwelt by the third person of the Trinity. And you already have all the help that you need. You may not know what to do, but the Spirit does. And of course, Jesus said it this way in John chapter 14, verses 16 and 17. It says, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he, speaking of the Spirit, may abide with you forever. The Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and he'll be in you. Right now, in the midst of the suffering, you can have hope because God has already given you the help that you need. How awesome is that? It's kind of like what a parent does with their kids. You know, we would always, in our kids' lunches, we'd always put a couple extra snacks. Sometimes we'd hide pencils in there because we knew that the kids were going to need those things. See, sometimes as parents, we know what our kids need before our kids even realize it, right? And in a lot of ways, that's exactly what our Heavenly Father has done with us. He knew that in a world that is full of suffering, we needed a helper, and he gave us his spirit. And Jesus said, the spirit will dwell with you. He'll be in you. Now, not only do we have the help that we need, but back in Romans chapter 8, picking up in verse 28, it tells us something else. And we know that all things work together for good for those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose, for whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he predestined, these he also called. And whom he called, these he also justified. And whom he justified, these he also glorified. Now, really what we learn here is that God's goal is Jesus' likeness. God's goal is Jesus' likeness. Now, I realize that I may have made up that word, Jesus' likeness. But, but the idea is what we learn in these verses. And obviously, there's so much here in Romans chapter 8. I'm just hitting a couple of different things on the way there. But God's ultimate goal in our suffering is to make us more and more like Jesus. And the beautiful thing that God brings out of suffering, if you have an open heart, and if your heart is trusting the Lord, if you don't allow your heart to get hardened in the midst of suffering, or bitter in the midst of suffering, or broken in the midst of suffering, when you put your eyes on the Lord, then God's goal is to transform, to make us like Jesus. That's why it says, for we know that all things work together for good, for those who love God, for those who are called according to his purpose. See, your present sufferings, right? You can trust that it's going to be worked together for good by God because you're called and because God loves you. And then we learn this, and, and it's very powerful. For whom he foreknew, he also 
predestined to be conformed into the image of his son. You, you read that, right? The ones who are called, God foreknew them. He predestined them to be conformed to the image of his son. And then he says, whom he predestined, those are the ones who are called. And the ones who are called, those are the ones who he justified by them putting their faith in Jesus. And then those whom he justified, those are the ones that have been glorified. See, ultimately, God leverages whatever the sufferings we experience to make us more like Jesus. If we come to him and say, Lord, I do not enjoy this. I do not like this. I do not want this. But Lord, while this is here, will you bear the fruit of Jesus likeness in my life? And when we can come to terms with the fact that what God really wants is to conform us to be more like Jesus, then we can embrace whatever we go through. Then we can say, Lord, I don't enjoy this. This is hard. This hurts. This is heartbreaking. But Lord, make me more like Jesus. And what my biggest fear is right now with all that's going on in our world is that God wants to make us like Jesus, but a lot of us are letting the sufferings of this present time make us hard-hearted. That we're starting to say, how could God be good and this happen? When you realize God is good. When we know as we are known, no one's going to be able to say God got stuff wrong. We just forget that what God is really interested in is not necessarily our comfort or what we want. God is interested in conforming us to make us more like Jesus. Listen to what Paul said, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. But we all with unveiled face beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. And that's what I think God wants to do in each one of our lives right here, right now. He doesn't want us to waste the hard things. He wants us to behold with unfailed face the glory of the Lord so that he can transform us from glory to even greater glory by the Spirit of God. Listen, you do not want to come out the other end of what's going on in your present sufferings the way you went. You don't want to go back to the status quo. You want to come out transformed, more like Jesus, different. And I want the exact same thing. Now, there's one more thing I want to share with you before we close our time together. And it is the end of Romans chapter 8. Listen to what it says, Romans chapter 8, verse 31. It says, what shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died. And furthermore is also risen. Who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? With people, things are impossible, but with God, all things are possible. Today, Pastor Daniel showed us that God has two things already in place for when we face impossible situations. The first is the Holy Spirit, which God sent to live in you. He brings wisdom to you in every situation. And the second thing is that we know God's goal is to make us more like Jesus. Because of that, we can embrace whatever he brings. Hey everybody, this is Pastor Daniel, and I want to let you know that you're going to make it. 
In my latest book, You're Gonna Make It, Unlocking Resilience When Life is a Mess, I unpack the keys to living with a deeply biblical resilience. You will explore how to blossom during times of suffering, fear and worry, and stress. And in this messy world, these keys are invaluable. Get your copy now at JesusIsReal.com. Pastor Daniel's message today is just one of many he shared from a variety of books in the Bible. Would you like to explore more? Just visit JesusIsRealRadio.com to access our library of audio. You can also connect with Pastor Daniel on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram through the links you'll find at the bottom of the page. That website again is JesusIsRealRadio.com. Join us again here on Jesus Is Real Radio when Pastor Daniel will share what Scripture says to do when we are overwhelmed. This life gets overwhelming so quickly, but we're not left alone to deal with it. Pastor Daniel is going to bring us to Psalm 61, where King David will show us how to pray in the middle of the impossible situations. We'll learn that it's all about where you put your focus. Remember to look to Jesus. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Daniel continues teaching through this series called Unstoppable Hope. That's next time on Jesus Is Real Radio. Jesus is real.